Welcome to the Dance Centre podcast. I am your host, Claire French, and I'm joining you from the traditional unceded territories of the Musqueam, Squamish and Tsleil-Waututh peoples, also known as Vancouver, Canada. I'll be talking to dancers, choreographers and other members of the dance world here on the West Coast to find out more about their creative work and practices and to discuss what it means to us to be dance professionals today. Thanks for joining us. I am here with Jeanette Kotowicz. I am very much looking forward to this conversation. I hope with Jeanette we will talk about the many things that she is doing, but we'll see what we can fit in. But for our audience, uh, Jeanette is a multidisciplinary Isque independent dance artist, choreographer, and professional auntie of Nehua Metis and mixed settler ancestry. Originally from Treaty 4 territory, Saskatchewan, she creates work that reflects the Nehua Metis cosmology within the context of contemporary dance, indigenous performance, and indigenous futurism. Using interdisciplinary collaboration, decolonial practices, and embodied research methodologies, Jeanette's work references protocol, ritual, relationship to the natural spirit world, and ancestral knowledge. There is so much to talk about in there, <laughs> and there is so much to find out about the wonderful Jeanette Potwitch. So let's get started. Welcome, Jeanette. Welcome. Thank you. Let's start with the fundamental question, when, how, and why did you start to dance? As you recall today, as you want to tell us today. <laughs> yeah, I always think back to my childhood and I grew up in a family of dance and we were always putting on productions. Me and my siblings, we would make theater pieces, make little dance pieces. We would do it at the cabin. We would do it in our basement. And we would charge admission to our parents <laughs> to come and watch our shows that we would put on, you know, at a very young age. And I don't know, the admission would be a couple of rocks or whatever, you know, commerce we had also thread into our, our production. So, yeah, I was always, you know, of that mind and of that lens and then just happened to be that, you know, my siblings also was in that was in that energy as well so we would yeah we would put on productions and then I, I think I started like formalized dance practice when I was about eight and I actually started off with gymnastics at the age of like four because my mother was a dancer she came to dance a little bit late whatever that means but in her 20s she started to take up dance but she didn't want to be a parent that sort of like forced her own interests on her children. So she thought, okay, I'll put the kids in gymnastics. But I was actually a little bit too young for gymnastics at the age of four. And I've always had this thing where I fall asleep when I'm in cars. So my mom would pick me up after school and take me to gymnastics. And then she'd look in the back seat and I'd be passed out. <laughs> <laughs> and so she th she thought like what am I doing my kids my kid needs rest and so so I I didn't I didn't do anything for a while there and then and then eventually came into doing dance and I I did you know the sort of studio based dance practices I did ballet I grew up in a very structured ballet culture we had a very disciplined instructor in Regina Saskatchewan where I grew up and our instructors came from Brazil, so a, a quite old style of teaching, which we don't see too much of anymore. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
And so, yeah, I did ballet and then modern dance. And then, yeah, that was my early, early childhood. And, and a lot of hours at the studio. I remember every weekend, you know, like in my, in my teens, every weekend I was at the studio, uh, every Saturday, every Sunday, body conditioning, every Sunday morning. So, you know, it was, it was a fully immersed um, experience in my childhood and also both my 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 closest siblings in age were also immersed in dance practices <laughs> so at the same studio as you or yeah did they yeah yeah I know there's a kind of yeah it's the same for me starting really young and being on the stage at like three and four and five when it's too it's kind of kind of too early but then kind of also just the memories of that come in yeah even now you know I love the I love the idea of the rocks as kind of admission because there's, there's <laughs> yeah. something about the pact right there's something about the contract that says you yeah. know you you understand we're going to give you an experience and you are going to give us something that acknowledges that there's like something about that trade and gifting and all of that stuff that's very early in that setup I love that so your training is probably changed or maybe just yeah. you know kind of matured or kind of you've become more discerning as you've older but other key stages in your career or maybe in your training or something that you'd like to talk about like maybe people that have influenced you or like types of dance or genres of dance that have shifted or when it shifted for you yeah well I you know after high school I just was I'd always done dance, so I didn't really know what else I was going to do with my life. So I moved to Vancouver, and that's when I did the Simon Fraser four-year training degree program. And I still was, at that time, still didn't feel that called to try to pursue dance professionally because, you know, there's so many barriers, there's so many challenges. I was still struggling with my identity. I was still, I struggled a lot with this idea of academic dance practices, just not, you know, it just, it wasn't fully for me. And so a really sort of important part in my journey was attending the, uh, when the Banff Center reopened their Indigenous dance training in 2009, I attended a national Indigenous choreographers summit, still in my early 20s. And I met all these amazing Indigenous choreographers from across Canada, and also including our relatives from, you know, down south and from Australia and New Zealand. So that opened up this whole world to me for, I don't know, uh, community dance practices, healing-based arts, cultural practices that I think that if I didn't find that, I probably wouldn't have pursued dance. And in many ways, I don't really even feel like I drove myself into a professional career. I feel like it just kind of happened. And, you know, and you just keep taking one step in front of the other. And then, you know, and, and these last couple years have been very transformative for my my practice. So, but the people in my life that have been supporting me and have been mentoring me, obviously Michelle Olson of Raven Spirit Dance. I got connected with her shortly after that that uh, summit at Banff, maybe about a year after, and then have been part of the company uh, Raven Spirit Dance, performing Michelle's work for the past. I don't know, 11 years or 12 years, yeah. something like that. Yeah. So, you know, the, those kinds of connections being, you know, our arts practices and our life, they run, 
beside each other. So there's been so many experiences, births, deaths, you know, mm. I don't know, divorces, <laughs> all the things, you know, that you that you are partial to in another person's life. Even happenstance. Yeah. And like serendipitous kind of, you know, events too, you know, like ac- happy accidents, you know, all of that is kind of almost like being ready and open or being at a place in your professional life when you can, you know, see it as opportunity or see it as a learning, you know, experience or something like insight, I think. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And then I just want to name a few other folks Please, in my yeah. life. So I actually went to university with Star Marenko. So yeah, yeah. she's also been somebody that I've been, you know, following for many, many years, even before Raven Spirit Dance. And she has always encouraged me around writing grants and you know taking the next step and even when I wasn't ready <laughs> would always be encouraging me so there's a lot of women in my life like female mentors there's really you know strong indigenous dance community in British Columbia in Vancouver and mostly all of it's being held by women Margaret Grenier of Dancers of Damahaman has been also you know, such a force in my life and has taught me so, so much. Yeah. So many dance practices, you know, have been running through me and so many different um, perspectives. And then another major mentor in my life is Charles Cornejo, who is a Maori artist. Yeah. So those are some folks that I'd like to name today. (laughs) Wonderful. Thank you so much. So do you think you could pinpoint when dance became your professional calling? Like, would you say that it's like, as a dancer, I feel like it's been happening for over a decade with Raven Spirit and with your Métis, you know, performance and all of those things as an independent dancer or dance artist. But I feel like as a, like to say that dance is a professional calling for you now seems very much about integrating different or interdisciplinary perspectives, but also this idea of like your identity as a person influencing your Mm. art making and then that becoming your artistry. And so Mm -hmm. I feel now there's a place where I think it would be very safe for you to be able to say that you are, you know, you have a professional calling and you are a professional dance artist and you make dance art. Do you, would you say that's fair? And would you say that there is a point where you could say when that calling happened for your own artwork really actually? Yeah. For my own artwork, I would say about, when I fully stepped into it about two and a half years ago, but there's been different stages along the way, right? Like when I, for many years, I was doing both my dance contracts and also working in the service industry. So stepping away from the service industry because I, I had too much arts work and, you know, my heart is more in the arts work. So like that was, that was a step in my career of, you know, not having a day job and, Mm -hmm. and really making my income, from arts and but but at that time it was still mostly you know being a a company dancer dancing with the three major indigenous dance companies in Vancouver dancers of Jamla Hamid Raven Spirit Dance and Vinny Dancy so that kept me very very busy for many years and then actually I think I made my first like independent work in 2015 and that's a piece that I actually still perform that's my piece step in where I perform Mm -hmm. and share my my Métis dance practice as a solo 
And that piece, yeah, is still going and it's still it's still very relevant. I actually performed it a week ago at the Tosh in our Métis homelands, a big Métis festival. But these last two, two and a half years have been very transformative. And I feel like COVID also sort of accelerated this push in my life to, you know, really dig into my arts practice and my perspectives. And, you know, it's, I needed to really return to my own body, my own perspectives, my own histories, my own land, because I've had so many different voices in my life that, you know, I've, I, I think that incubation time of our period of isolation during COVID really helped me to, you know, look inside myself. And I think I was always going on that journey anyways, but I think it just kind of like heightened the need to do that because, you know, we weren't gathering anymore. We weren't doing group work anymore. So, so it's been a huge gift actually in my life, this, you know, this, this period of isolation that we've all been through and, and also just the experience of of how, how we relate to each other as humans, (laughs) you know, having all experienced something so similar that, yeah, it's just, it's been so transformative. I can't even say. (laughs) Yeah. I think there's something about, you know, kind of one giving themselves permission, like, Mm -hmm. like to give yourself permission in that time when you have that to, to go there, you know, and I think it has to be kind of on the precipice or you have to be kind of um, like, okay, now's the time, (laughs) you know, you have to kind of know what it is you're trying to reflect upon to be able to do it, I I think. So, yeah. Totally. And I generated so, so much. And Mm. one of the things that I really, I think also helped was like, I worked a lot in the unrefined and sharing unrefined process. Like, you know, turnarounds were like quite quick because everyone was always like scrambling, right? Like, oh, I have this money and then there's this opportunity and like, can you do it online? And you're just like, well, I've never done it, but let's try it, (laughs) you know? So I think that that also really helped is, you know, our work is so sacred, but not always to be that precious about the process to just share the, share the steps, you know, whatever's happening for you. So there's the, um, beautiful archive in that way too of the journey you know through COVID and and all the new skills (laughs) (laughs) yeah I was going to say I think you were teaching me a few things about Instagram at one point for when we were sat in sat in a theater auditorium (laughs) like the distancing and kind of giving you some tips I seem to remember remember that (laughs) (laughs) okay this is really great but I feel like then Obviously, COVID has been a really big, uh, it's had a big impact on how you've been able to kind of tap into your artistry and and also kind of connect to processes and approaches that you've learned along the way, maybe even inherited, but that you've also kind of, uh, kind of starting to prioritize ways of working for yourself. And I, I wonder what the biggest or one of the, what, what are the greatest challenges that you've found? You've talked about some of them in a way, but now, yeah. Maybe not quite now because I think you're in a really great place (laughs) and challenges are maybe not there for you at the moment, but you have overcome some. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, on on the way or what would you say have been the greatest challenges? I think it, you know, it, it, the thread from what I was just saying before is stepping, making space for myself and stepping into that because I've been for so many years in the service of other people's vision, other people's arts practice. And that is so fulfilling and such an important part of, you know, our community, any kind of community is to give back. And, but now like, it's like, 
it's like I can't really go back because <laughs> now I also have the fulfillment and satisfaction of what it feels like to be a leader in my own way and to be sharing my artistic voice, which is also so fulfilling. And I'm still in a, you know, a fresh stage of what that feels like, you know, but I guess it's been t- my greatest challenge, I think, is to step into the vulnerability of, you know, my own arts practice of sharing my arts practice because you know how it is it's it is so vulnerable <laughs> yeah and also stepping into the vulnerability of leading yeah leading you yeah, know lead sure. i mean leadership is a vulnerable it's a vulnerable place to be to put yeah. oneself and uh, uh, could we could we talk maybe a little bit about that like challenges yeah. of leadership <laughs> and challenges of shared practice because you and I have had conversations around this a little bit and um, we've only just started but do you see them as challenges I do right now in a beautiful way in a beautiful way I feel like they are the kind of challenges I want you know in my life I want to feel the I want to feel the questions of it and I want to feel and I want to feel the stuckness. I want to feel how I can't quite get to those things I'm trying to get to. Like, what what's that space that feels challenging, but in a good way, in a productive way? Yeah, it's like the curiosity, right? Why you keep yeah. coming back? Why you keep coming back to the questions you're asking? And you know, I've been I've been phrasing my work lately as creative research. So mm-hmm. that's my way of positioning my work as. As, as a work in progress, basically, you know, is that it is a continual thing, just like our identity is constantly shifting and evolving and our experiences, so so is our practice. And I think a challenge is <laughs> time. I'm not always very patient. I, I want to <laughs> get there, you know, and artistic relationships and leadership and, you know, sharing perspectives and co- co-shared spaces. It takes time to establish a language, trust, communication, and there's so many different styles of how we relate to each other. And so I would say I'm still quite fresh at it, but I'm just, I'm always looking for my own personal healing. I'm always looking for, to put us as humans first and then artists so that people are cared for in their basic needs. And then you know, I, I really feel like we can't be good artists unless if we're well humans, unless if we're well in our lives, you know, and, and that's a process all the time. That's, you know, we're not always, we're not always, you can't always show up to the circle or the studio or the space and feel all, all put together. But then that's also part of it is to give space to our fractures and give space to, you know, our ways that we're disconnected and and trying to search for that connection. And so those, those continue to be my curiosities. And a lot of how I try to work with that is intuition. You know, what does the group need? What do I need? You know, if it is, we need to grab a coffee before we start, like that's totally cool. (laughs) So I don't know if that answered the question, but. (laughs) Well, again, it's more like, like you say, it's more about kind of a, a conversation around creativity and around, um, being artists and around, you know, and being adaptive, even in this conversation to the fact that, you know, we're not holding each other to the things we're saying as a truth necessarily, you know, that there'll be different challenges at different times and the the feelings of kind of fleeting because something happens yeah. that can ground you in a moment and then unground you, unground that, uproot you in a moment. And so I think there's something just about being able to embrace that, uh, you know, as a human artist 
like not a, and not a yeah i think it's also so beautiful the people that come into our lives right like i've been as you know like from our time the last our time together the last you know six months yeah. or whatever is like yeah. inviting other people in and and taking a chance too because you know like not every person in your community is going to be a deep connection right but but you know it's i i do also want to invite people into my development and my growth and my learning and my experience so you know i've i have been in a process too of of inviting other folks that i have not been in connection with you know in because I've been doing all this other work yeah. <laughs> for the last decade, right? That now I'm in a process of finding different allyships and just also, you know, wanting to have shared practice as well with just artists that I feel drawn to the way that they're working and that, you know, that there's is a language and trust. <laughs> yeah, I, I would love to talk more about the work and that's leading up to that you've been doing recently, your own work. But I just want to go back to this idea of the challenge of time, because I have a burning question for you around okay. around your time now and how busy you are touring currently so maybe you could talk about the project you're literally you know between shows right now and then your time with Raven Spirit which I know is always maturing and that relationship is is very special and extremely rich um, and constantly growing and then your own work and that's mm -hmm. taking off <laughs> as a leader of your own work, not just your solo work, but also your group work. And that to me sets off. And I have the same thing. Like time becomes a challenge mm. just because everything demands time. But there's not until so you have to shift your priorities. But it doesn't mean you're choosing one. One's more important than the other. Mm -hmm. uh, I yeah, don't know why that time and capacity. Right. So yeah. it's like there's only so many hours in a day and as as the demands get more and more great as i continue to do my own work as the there seems to be more demand it's like i'm still just one person i still only have the same i only have so much capacity right so that is definitely a challenge and i've been bumping up against that for the last year for sure so you know there's there's ways to sort of work towards offsetting that but it's hard <laughs> it's hard you know I think that there's something really beautiful about you being able to fit it all in and not abandoning you know kind of not abandoning one for the other there's a yeah, kind of definitely trying <laughs> yeah <laughs> and trying to stay well right that's the thing is try to stay yeah. well because I want to also you know be living a good life too, not just only devoted to practice, but it is vocational. Like it's, it's so intertwined, like it's so intertwined. Yeah. So I'll let you know what I'm up to right now. Please I am on tour with a play written by Ty Amy Grauman called You Used to Call Me Marie. And it's being produced by Savage Society. And right now we're on a month long or maybe almost a five week long tour in the prairies so today i'm in smoky lake alberta which is very close to old settlement called metis crossing so we had three shows there the last couple of nights and before this we were at batosh which i already mentioned which is a huge metis festival which also has a lot of history there which is a location where the Battle of Batosh, and there was the, uh, yeah, anyways, it's, it, there's lots of history there. I'm not the best historian, but it's 
a monumental place for the Métis resistance and the early, you know, government that was being established. And so we were there last week and it was actually the 50th anniversary, I guess, of the Patash, back to Patash days. And my family was able to join and it was a huge, I don't know, just amazing experience, amazing festival. And I used to go there as a, as a girl, we went, we went, we would go and camp. And so it was really awesome to be back. And obviously the festival hadn't been happening the last two years. So there was a really great turnout and I had friends there from Toronto. I don't know. It's so fascinating. Métis folks, because our history has been, we've been disfranchised, right? Like for so, so many years. So there's such an amazing spread of where Métis people are all across, you know, Turtle Island, really. So it was a beautiful experience to be there. And yeah, so that's, that's what I'm up to right now. I'm on tour. And it's great to be also on this land, you know, the skies. And I've just been having, I have never felt like I wanted to move home to Saskatchewan. But now that I'm like, you know, I'm getting into edging towards you know my late 30s and I'm like oh well maybe maybe I would want to have a quieter existence at some point <laughs> and it's a shift right it's a shift yeah. of it's a shift of perspective and it's an opening up to a and it becomes and it's different inspiration too like as a human being like like you were saying about the wellness and about you know what mm-hmm. is it what is it you need what is it you need it's so beautiful it's lovely because it's like hypnotic like we go yeah. we kind of you know, and it's and it's in your world, and and when do we get the opportunity to you know have a conversation that goes you know can go there? We don't. Yeah, you know, it's so. like present, past, and then like future, because I know that's where we're gonna inch up towards. It's like you know exactly. what's next for me, and then what's what's next. So yeah, and you've got this kind of marker in your brain about oh right, yes, I'm talking about this. You know. Mm-hmm. We've, we've gone back, but there's no reason why we can't go back to go forward. We talk about that all the time. Mm-hmm. That's what we do. So so maybe I'll share I'll share about Quay maybe. And, Please. Um, yeah. yeah. And then and we'll then move we on to yeah. the one exactly. that I wish I could pronounce, but I can't pronounce. I keep trying. And I, <laughs> Kisses, Kisses Kachuan. I don't think I've said so, that right. So in Nehau and Cree, Ks are pronounced like Gs. So it's Kisses oh, Kichuan, which is Kisses. kind of like Saskatchewan. Saskatchewan, yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. It's it's tricky even for me. <laughs> oh, I see. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll get we'll get there. Yeah. Quay. Am I saying Quay right? <laughs> yeah. Quay. Quay. Okay. Quay. okay. Let's talk about Quay. Yeah. So that's been, I guess, talking about the shifts in my practice, and you know, that's been that's been the piece that I've been um, learning about leadership and ensemble work and directing other artists. So. The, that work has come about quite quickly and it's, you know, been quite a force. It I started working on that piece uh, last August, so just about a year ago. And I had some, oh, we were going to talk about Raven Spirit too, so don't let me forget. <laughs> I won't. We'll go back to, we will go back to Raven Spirit, yeah. So I had a commission by the National Arts Centre and I had a little residency, summer residency with them. And so that's how Quay as an ensemble started in the development. And then shortly after that, I had the idea for Quay in about February of last year. And then I did some research as a solo artist. And then I, I decided, you know what, like the next step for me creatively would be to try ensemble work. 
And so I wrote a grant around my ideas and then I got this National Arts Center commission. And so, and then shortly after I found out that I received my funding. And so I had, had an invite from the dance center to be involved in dance in Vancouver. I was so fortunate because I had like basically a two week long theater residency because mm-hmm. the, because a dance in Vancouver was going to be digital that year, last year in 2021. And so the, there wasn't the usual programming, you know, and it's usually more festival style where you get half a day or whatever to tech. So I was so fortunate to have that. And I shared a workshop development, uh, which I, what I called a digital offering of a live stream. And if you've been following my practice this last couple of years, I've been working and exploring and experimenting with dance for film. It's very much, you know, an intuitive process. I don't really have any technical <laughs> training or anything, but what was great about that is I, I did, I just experimented and I just explored and I, I had, you know, a whole camera set up and operators and I looked at the cameras as part of the choreography. And so it was a really amazing experience. Uh, I was so happy and felt so satisfied with the outcome. And then the next step to Quay was presenting it live. So that was a process after, you know, sharing live, uh, live stream. And then I had about four or five months to sort of let it simmer and regroup and then performed a a live work in February of this year, 2022, at Matriarch's Uprising, also at the Dance Center. So that's, I mean, I can't go back now that it's been performed live. Like, it's like, oh, gosh, like, I love the live stream. But like, I watched the live stream after we had shared the live performance and I was just like oh my goodness we've developed so far past that so and now that piece piece is resting a little bit again I do want to continue I looked at the the time that I worked on that I think it was for both experiences in in its entirety I worked 10 weeks (laughs) like creatively in studio 10 weeks obviously there's so much work that goes outside of it but you know as a dance maker like that is a really fast turnaround so that's why I say it came with such force like it just it's just it's just come so quickly and also I think what's been inspiring to me is working with other artists because we all put our heads together, right? We all, that energy of the collective really has helped to, you know, help it be so quickly, I don't know, in such a a way that it's been so quickly shared. And yeah. yeah. And it's also the intensity, but the the level of experience of your dancers and you and, and the people coming into the space, like, and so, you know, the, the content is already extremely rich, you know, in, in what you're working with. So the questions can be rich, you know, and, and that speeds up the process in a, in a strange way. Like, but you had two, you have two products, you know, I don't like that yeah. word, but, but you have two products from that process. And for creative research, that's, I mean, absolutely amazing, like to, to have both those full, you know, experiences yeah. as presentations because then you can be critical too right about yeah. your practice and what what where I want to direct it next so I will be I will be wanting to work on that piece again next yeah. next year as creative research so yeah well I, I mean it was a privilege for me to just come in you know a couple of times and be part of that just like it was for you to come into you know my 
kind of creative research to yeah. coin your term for a little minute. So that, was, that feels really special. I do just want to say, I think we can still access that live stream though. Yeah, I have my Vimeo. I think it's it's on my Vimeo too. And if, okay. if anyone does want to witness it, they can just reach out to me or yeah, or, even or to you the dance center, and, can, and we can find it for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it'd be great. Yeah. It was, it was, it was so fun. I, I felt like it was research, but it was very, it was, it was respectful, you know, in terms yeah. of how it was, you know, presenting something to the audience. So thank you for that, and all of your collaborators. Great. Oh, I'll just, I'll just speak about Raven Spirit. So right now I'm in artistic residency at Raven Spirit and I have been for this whole year. And it's the first time that Raven Spirit has ever given out resources for an artistic residency. So I'm sort of their inaugural, Ooh. like, let's try out this pilot of what it means to support an artist. So I'm so, so grateful it's it has you know relieved some of the pressure of what we were t- the challenges of time yeah. and capacity and demand just to have some re- some consistent resources you know and when <laughs> I remember when I think maybe it was Star that told me that her and Michelle had been chatting and that they wanted to offer me this and I kind of got freaked out right away I was like no I'm like I don't I don't I don't want to I'm like I'm tired I don't have time for like to do anything else and then then they're like no no you don't have to do anything we just want to support you and that's it you don't have to like do anything anything more than what you're already doing it's because of what you're doing yeah it's not yeah (laughs) exactly But yeah, right no, away. No, don't like, give me no. extra work. No, don't give me extra things to do. You know, exactly. like don't give me extra support. What? Okay. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. <Exactly. laughs> that thought process. I can just imagine you doing that. <laughs> so that's then. been the next step though with Raven Spirit is, you know, for so many years I've been a company dancer. I've been working on Michelle's works primarily um, working with her, working beside her and, you know, and then, and this next phase has been them supporting my work. And, you know, it's been, we've been on so many journeys, as I said, with each other. And so I feel, oh, I've always felt like I've received so many opportunities from Raven Spirit and, and to now be supported in my own practice feels very healthy. And, and again, like back with this thought of time, these, the cycles and, you know, now, now kind of Michelle is doing another journey in her life. She's, you know, mm-hmm. you know, in, in school and getting her master's. And so mm-hmm. there's, you know, there's also a need in, in what their demands and capacity are for, for emerging voices. And, you know, I would say I'm, I'm also established, but I'm emerging in my, in my, in my experience of, direction and you know all and we're all that. emerging in something right if, <laughs> yes. if, we're, if we're looking for new opportunity then we're emerging in something and if we're not then we're doing the same thing we've always done and I wonder how much we can benefit from that and the world can benefit from that but but I think there is a also what's beautiful about this is the evolution of an organization and the you being mm-hmm. part of that process yeah. and you actually being able to support their evolution because you have yeah. something to offer them in order to support that process. You know, like, yeah, that's great. It's lovely. That build of trust and how that trust can actually expand possibility is beautiful. I think it's a beautiful case study for that. Yeah. Yeah. And the relationship is so reciprocal, right? It's just yeah. so dynamic and reciprocal, like yeah. the ways that, you know, the ways that we are supporting each other. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's amazing. So, 
What's Now, we've talked about a little bit. I think there is a bit more with your solo. Yes. Maybe we can talk about, I'd love to talk <laughs> about that or for the listeners to know about that. And then What's Next? Mm-hmm. I think they're uh, it's yeah, well I guess it's enough. all kind of <laughs> yeah it's all kind of the same question so I have a very full yeah. fall planned for myself and you know as I'm here on tour I'm still planning my own tour <laughs> so I yeah and it just keeps getting more and more full so my solo work that we were speaking about kisses get you on is going to be premiering in multiple cities and Yay. I'll be kicking off sort of sharing this work, which is a piece that I've been developing over many years. It, it It's sort of this testament to how busy I've been, I think, because, you know, I, I've probably started sort of like formally digging into this piece in, oh, I don't even want to say what year, but it's been a number <laughs> of years. <laughs> but because I was always so busy with other people's practices, I could only slot in two weeks here and there and, you know, so that's sort of why it's taken taken such a long journey. But I'm actually so grateful that I have taken this amount of time with this work because having had the experience with Quay and directing other uh, artists, now I'm using all the tools that I've developed to direct myself. And I also feel like this work has needed, it's needed me to mature in a way. I think if I would have performed it and shared it three years ago or like I was supposed to premiere just before COVID or like during COVID. And so that obviously didn't happen, but my, I think it would have been a very different piece if I shared it two, three years ago than what it will be now. And I feel very comfortable with, you know, the expression that it's, that it is now and how it's sitting in my body and how it's sitting in my journey that I feel like it's been waiting for me to mature, (laughs) to get to this place of maturity, artistic maturity, or like personal maturity to share, to share, I think what, what the piece wants to be a fully realized work. So, but yeah, I'm kicking off at Tanzmess in Germany. I'll be doing an open studio showing for the arts market there. So that's obviously a huge opportunity for me. You know, that'll be huge international exposure. And I feel so grateful to have been included in, you know, how dance will be represented from so-called Canada. Mm-hmm. And so that'll be the first thing that I'm doing. So that's late August. Well, it's right on the bridge. So like the last day of August and the first four days of September. So yeah. so right after this tour, I'll be back in Vancouver and getting prepared for that. Heading to Dresden. Then, yeah. Yeah. Great. Or Dusseldorf. Dusseldorf. Yeah. Heading to Tanzmesse yeah. in Dusseldorf. Yeah. With, with the, so the dance centre is taking a group of uh, people over and then more people are represented on the digital on a digital stream too. So it's wonderful that there, that there are a few of you able to go over and do yes. you know, present live. I think that's great. So yeah, well, yeah, fantastic. Great. I just don't even know. I've never done anything like this. So I'm just keeping an open mind and an open heart and I'm just going to go, you know, and just share who I am mm-hmm. <laughs> and just yeah. try to, you know, just be exactly who I am and and that's it. And they're, and they're so lucky. And they're so fortunate. And they're so fortunate that you're going to do that and they're going to meet you. So, yeah, great. <laughs> and then where's next? So then after that, I come back to Vancouver and that's where I'm going to have my official premiere. I've been working towards this, you know, premiere with the dance center for mm-hmm. quite a while, an extended mm-hmm. residency at the dance center just because of COVID. So I'll premiere in the Ferris Theater. I'm going to do two shows. So that will be on. September 30th and October 1st. Yeah. 
and and I'll just say right now that I'm going to have a little party after on October 1st. We're going to have a little social. And so everyone that comes to see the show is invited because that's also <laughs> a very important part to my practice is social dance and, you know, the freedom that we get from dancing or how our bodies want to dance to, you know, music that we love. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's how the other piece started. The group piece started with that sense yeah yeah sort of did you end did you end with it as well on any of the nights did you continue into the with the audience with the with quay yeah at the end of the any of the evening shows did you no break into no it was still two covid times (laughs) yeah 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 the restrictions just got lifted the day before like because i had had because you know it's been up and down with the yeah we don't have restrictions now but we i had a limited capacity of like i think 40 or 50 and then just the day before it had lifted so there was still covid times (laughs) yeah well that's nice we'll get to dance with you this next one as well. Yeah, yeah. So, so that'll be my Vancouver premiere. And then after like a week later, I'm heading to Edmonton and I'll be um, sharing the work with Brian Webb's dance company. And then I go to Montreal to Tangent and I'll be have a four, four show there. I'm on a mixed bill. So that's, I think, November, November 3rd, 4th, 5th and 6th. So four right. shows there. And uh, November 4th is my birthday. So... <laughs> Oh, I'll be, I'll be dancing on celebrate. my birthday. Yeah, yeah. Yay. And <laughs> and then I just found out that I'll also be sharing the work at Wasagi Chuck Festival right after that in Toronto for Native Earth. So I've got a oh. four city tour happening. This oh, fall. that's wonderful. <laughs> that's so great. Yeah, congratulations on that. Yeah, it's uh, and from what I've seen, I love the humor in it as well as the there is a wisdom. There's a wisdom in it, and there's a there's space, yeah. space wisdom and humor. Like you've got yeah. it all, oh, <laughs> and color and texture. Yeah, you've got got it all in there. Yeah, and not many people have seen what I've been up to. So you're you're that's all I'm been, saying. You've been the invited. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> but I but yeah. I, I yeah but I'm sure you've you're still working on it, and you know yes. you're working with your collaborators on all of those things, and I you know look forward to it's evolution. It's evolution. Yeah. <laughs> So we we did get to Raven Spirit, didn't we? We did talk about yes, what you did. wanted to talk about with we Raven did. Spirit. That's lovely. Yeah. Um, are you, have you been back to Banff? Have you have you had the opportunity to go back to Banff, or have you gone back and done an Indigenous gone, thing again? No, no. I haven't gone for the residency. I have gone for other residencies with. I think I've been probably there twice at least with the dancers of Damalhamid. Mm-hmm. You know, working on developing work in the theaters there. I would like to go for Quay, <laughs> so I'll just yeah. put that out there. Uh, that's my my vision would be to um, spend a couple weeks there with the, with all my collaborators and just incubate and marinate. So that's that's my goal for that. But I haven't been back to the residency program because I'm always touring in the summer. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was thinking as well, it won't be long before you may be invited to lead on that. Program. Yes. Yes. <laughs> you know, that's coming down the pipeline, right? Because that's where you, I just shouldn't, shouldn't say pipeline. That's that, that was controversial, <laughs> controversial <laughs> choice of words right there. <laughs> but, but it is, you know, on the trajectory for you yes you know potentially yeah. would you like to just mention your collaborators for the for the solo I have some here yeah so Deanna Peters I've been working with for many years um yeah. she's also been a mentor and a you know a artistic confidant in my life yeah. and offers me such amazing guidance so she's 
she's my creative producer. We're co-producing the work essentially. I felt pretty, you know, I felt pretty strong that with this, like, I don't know, I feel like this is going to be my signature, you know, solo work that I wanted to self-produce. So yeah, Deanna's my creative producer. She helps in so many ways and also is supporting me as artistic eye. So it's such an integrated experience how we work together. You know, if we're talking about website, if we're talking about press material, if we're talking about talkbacks or, you know, whatever, it's just so integrated. So there's many roles that she's um, been supporting me with over the years. And uh, as we inch closer to the fall, we'll be, we'll be (laughs) a lot more in contact and in connection. And then James Proudfoot is going to do my lighting. We have not worked together before. So I'm really excited to work with James and yeah, obviously he's, you know, the heavy hitter for lighting in Vancouver. And I'm just so excited because I, you know, you know me, I like color and, you know, intensity and all that. So I'm very excited to work with James. And, and concept, see. like conceptual stuff. Yes, I think con- they are, concept, there's going to yeah. be, yeah, 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 really, really into that together. Excited by that. And then, and then I have, you know, sound folks mm-hmm. that I've been working with over the years. Um, mm-hmm. Wayne LaValle, who we haven't been working together the last few years, but we'll touch base here. But he, he's, my sound design has already been is quite evolved because it's up until this point, I've mostly been working with sound and dance. So Wayne LaValle is my sound designer. And then my good colleague and friend who's here on the tour with me, Kathleen Nisbet, who's a fiddle player and a singer songwriter has um, produced some tracks that are embedded in the sound design. And then I've been working with Brady Marks as a media consultant and I don't know where things are going still yet with the media, but we're going to have some chats and, and some visits together. And just even if media doesn't make it into the work, I still want to discuss the concept of it. <laughs> yeah, I think that's what's so great. And I think that's what's that's the integration that you were talking about. And also this the conversations. Right. So regardless of whether or not that art form makes it into the final piece there's something about being able to have those conversations at a certain level which is going to and just informs the work and your process and the practice itself they're kind of with you you know definitely and then people with you when you perform definitely and then that's sort of full circle to like this whole conversation is like the time that it takes for artistic relationships like to to not only be valuing the product so like any time with Brady or any collaborator is very meaningful, even if yeah. it doesn't result in some product that audience sees, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Jeanette. This is great. Thank and, you. Uh, with our um, kind of focus on time. Yes. <laughs> and the fact that you are going off to another a city, to a town to perform right now, I will just, uh, yeah, say Thanks so much. It's so interesting. It's just start. We'll probably be talking again. I'm sure. Um, yes. <laughs> about many about many other things we could talk about. But thank you for taking the time with us. And uh, thank you, Claire. Okay. I enjoyed that. <laughs> bye for now. Okay. Take care. Bye bye. Thank you so much for listening. We would love for you to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts, as this will help other listeners find us and help us to grow our dance audience. We'll be back next month. In the meantime, you can follow us on Facebook at The Dance Center, Twitter at Dance Center, and Instagram at The Dance Center BC. 
And if you'd like to support our work, please consider making a donation. Just go to our website at thedancecenter.ca where you'll find extensive information about our upcoming programs and events. The music for the Dance Centre podcast was composed by James B. Maxwell. Always a pleasure to connect with you through dance. Until next time.